everybody, and thank you so much for joining us on the Dedicated Show. We have a special episode today. We're going to talk about results-driven data literacy. Yes, it's no longer just data literacy. Now we have to be focused on actually getting results, which I think makes complete sense. We're going to be joined here today with uh, the CEO of QuantHub, Matt Cowell. And then later on, we're going to go ahead and bring on Kimberly Sorrell, who's the Director of Information Management at Southern Company. All right, before I bring on Matt to talk about results-driven data literacy, I want to ask you all a question. So as you're joining, always I'd like to know where you're tuning in from. That's a simple question. But another question I have for you, and it's, it's a yes or no question, is do you think that the current state of the learning environment works for the working professionals, right? So if you're a professional at an organization and you're you're getting some sort of um, access to learning um, in data science or any other types of learning platforms, do you think it is effective? So are the current state of the learning um, processes, are, are they adequate for you personally? All right, so as you're typing in those Answers. I'm going to go ahead and bring Matt Cowell up on our virtual stage here. Hello, Matt. Welcome to the hey, show. Hey, Kate. Good to see Hello. you. Good to see you as well. And your two guitars with all your music in the background. Always love to see that. Yeah, we're going to have a special uh, LinkedIn live music uh, session here today. <laughs> yes. Can you pick up one of those guitars now? And you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to be the encore. Actually, when there's like a roaring, a, th a thunderous applause at the end, uh, we'll come up for the encore. <laughs> that would be perfect. That would, I, I personally would love that. So, Matt, for for those who are not familiar with you, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and do a quick intro of QuantHub? Sure, sure. Yeah, um, yeah. My I'm CEO at at QuantHub. Um, traditionally, a kind of a product and product and tech guy. Worked as a CTO at a software company in the um, health and wellness space, and we actually started doing some some data science and and got to meet um, the founders of um, of QuantHub, um, who were actually were running a data science consulting company and found it to be just exceptionally hard to hire data scientists to figure out who had the skills to do the job and who and who didn't and then also to you know really upskill people in in data data literacy data science all the you know a lot of these a lot of these challenges that that most companies have today and um, and actually joined Quanthub before we really had a product or anything and and um, that was about three years ago and uh, so now we've we've evolved a little bit into really a, a kind of in the flow of work upskilling solution focused exclusively on data skills, which seems to be a, a relevant skill these days. <laughs> really? Data skills? I, yeah, don't know. Yeah. I, mean, I, I figured you would disagree, Kate. I, I know that I know you're not passionate about it. I mean, yeah, I only have a pillow with the word data in it, but you know. You know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think data skills are, are, if they're not the number one skill yet, I think they're becoming the number one skill that's, that's oh, in yeah, the man these days. Yeah, yes. it's just a must-have. I mean, it's 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 almost like communication skills. It's you know, we we talk about computational literacy was a thing. You know, it's been a while now. Um, data literacy is now at that at that level. Data literacy, yes. So that brings me to my very first question to you, Matt. Um, for the most part, I think generally people kind of have a sense of what is data literacy, right? It's being able to read, write, analyze with, communicate with data. But what would you say is results-driven data literacy? How would you define that? Well, I, I, you know, I think it goes back to really the question you asked honestly um, of the audience, which is, you know, is the current sort of learning um, environment, are the learning technologies, or the learning solutions, is that working in, in today's workforce? And and my answer, I didn't put it in the poll per se, but my answer would be would be no. And there's plenty of data to back that up. And so when we talk about results-driven data literacy, in my mind, it's you know, achieving data literacy. I mean, this is a an entire enterprise problem. Everyone in the entire organization, regardless of role, has some has some level of data literacy that they need in their job. They interact with data every day, every single one of us. And and so results and driven data literacy, there's really maybe two aspects of that. Number one, how do we actually get the results in achieving a data literate workforce? And that really goes back to learning technologies and, and methodology and how we've always learned being, 
you know, not really very effective in academia and that type of thing. And so there's part of that is how do we achieve the results of actually becoming a data literate organization? And I know we'll get into that some, but the second part is, you know, there are business results to be to be had here. And, you know, there are really good studies out there from Accenture and Click, for example, where there are um, hundreds of millions of dollars at stake here from becoming a more data-driven, data-literate organization, um, up to $500 million in market cap from being a highly driven, highly data-driven organization um, for, for large companies. So, you know, when you talk about it being results oriented, you know, those are the two aspects I think about is how do we, you know, what are we going to get out of being more data literate as, as an enterprise, but then also, you know, the result needs to be, you can't just throw some licenses to training provider here to an entire enterprise and say, go upskill on data, <laughs> become data <laughs> literate. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't quite work that way. Yes, absolutely. And I think you made a great point with, you know, the amount of investment that goes into making your organization or attempting to make your organization data literate. Why do you think there's so much, you know, money investment and effort that goes into this? Why, why, why do companies want to be data literate? Well, I think it's just, I mean, it, it is almost like, I mean, it's just ubiquitous, I guess, is, is maybe the way I would say it is it's just not optional anymore. And and so, you know, people oftentimes when they're, you know, when we're <clears throat> talking to a company about implementing um, Quant Hub or, or whatever, you know, typically we'll talk about ROI and these in these types of things that oftentimes, you know, go into decision making. And and there's no question there there's there's value to be had that that you can quantify. But it's, you know, at some point in, you know, let's say the 80s, it just wasn't optional to not know how to use a computer. <laughs> and so it's at some point it just becomes, this is how work is done. And it's no longer optional, um, regardless of the ROI or all these dollars that and, and research that people throw at you, it's just, it just becomes ubiquitous across the entire landscape. Um, whether it's someone that's in, I mean, it doesn't matter the role, right? It could be a person in customer support um, what's their role in the data life cycle? It's a critical role. If you're planning on actually doing any any sort of downstream analysis, well, then they need to realize they're creating data by entering in support cases every single day. Yeah. And, and so to get any value out of that data, you know, which their studies, Accenture had a study that showed that I think it was 60 to 75% of data goes unused. And, you know, so there's so much value that that is is untapped. And, um, you know, it's just a lot of it's because we don't we don't have the data literacy skills across the enterprise to produce quality data, to understand how it would be used, to understand my role in the data life cycle, the data and data stewardship, that type of thing. Um, and then getting down to the advanced analytics skills to actually do something with it. Um, mm -hmm. That's a part of it as well. But, you know, it all starts with who's creating the data. Yeah, and I've actually seen a percentage that I think is even higher. It's like 80 or 85% of data that's collected is is never used. And I don't know yeah. if it's because it's bad data or people simply don't know what to do with it or don't have the skilled individuals to or technology to go ahead and work with that. I'd say yes, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit all of those things, right? Yes, exactly. So I'm going to take a few questions from... Um, from the audience at this point. So Raymond here is asking, what is QuantHub? Who is it for? And basically, who is it not for, right? So who, who's the target um, target user of something like QuantHub? Yeah, QuantHub is an upskilling solution um, really focused on data. And so when I say um, upskilling, this is not your traditional training uh, training solution. This is, um, it's a, if you've heard of micro learning, you know, sort of 10 minutes a day, continuous learning, um, that's that's what we are. So uh, we got our start as an assessment um, solution for hiring. So we have large companies, HP, McKinsey, that use us for hiring. Um, so when they're hiring data scientists, they'll send our assessments to figure out who has the skills to, to do the job. And so we got our start in measuring skill. And then we built on top of that to build an upskilling solution that is always measuring skill. And so no more sort of check the box, mark complete. I finished this training course. I must have learned everything I needed and I'm going to remember it forever, which is unfortunately um, a little bit of fantasy. <laughs> um, so we, um, we have an assessment um, solution that's kind of infused 
in our in our upskilling product and and that's it's a daily drip kind of every single day answer a few questions mm -hmm. read a 10 minute article video you know that type of thing and so it's delivered to you in slack or Teams, so it's right right where you are um, eliminating a lot of the friction that exists in in um, learning solutions and so who are we for um, as you might guess, I would say we're for everyone because data literacy is an enterprise problem. And so data literacy is not um, trying to teach people data science, data science or, or even um, SQL, or in some mm. cases, not even Excel, right? Some people don't even need to, to use Excel. Um, so there's, there are, there's a um, spectrum of data skill. And um, our intent is to actually cover that entire spectrum, all the way from the person who doesn't even need to use Excel, which is fine, nothing wrong with that, all the way through to the people that are doing um, machine learning or, or um, you know, pipeline building as data engineers. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I know we'll get into learning environments and all that uh, in just a little bit, but I do believe that this trip learning, the, the micro learning is so much more effective than simply giving an individual access to everything out there. It's kind of like giving somebody the internet, right? Go find right. what you need. It's all there. It's free. And just because it's free and available doesn't mean people know exactly what they personally, individually need to focus on. That's exactly so, right. Yes. And um, Shruti here just says, Quantum sounds amazing. It does sound amazing, Shruti. Oh, <laughs> I'm biased, so I'm not even going to comment. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just take one uh, one more quick question that I saw, and then we're going to go ahead and bring up our other guest. Um, I guess I scrolled by too fast, but somebody was asking if we're going to talk about what results driven actually means, like what what results for specific stakeholders. Okay, yeah. Well, that, that's actually a, that's a good one. I mean, it's um, you know if you think about different. You know, think about different maybe personas across the organization or roles or roles for that matter. And and so, you know, what is the value of being more data driven in, in marketing? As an example, marketing has become a science, right? It's, it's, particularly on the digital marketing side, it's 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 literally become a science. And so if if you have a marketing analyst um, that's working in your digital marketing group and and you're actually doing you're designing campaigns, you're segmenting the market, um, you're testing different campaigns, you're actually testing different positioning to different mm -hmm. segments of the market. I mean, you're doing so you're doing A-B testing, which is an element of data. That's one of the things we cover in data literacy is A-B testing. And so that's an example where you know, the skills that that person needs to have as a digital marketer or a marketing analyst um, very much get into the data realm. And so when mm -hmm. you talk about results, then, you know, becoming more data driven as a marketing organization is going to lead to higher lead gen, um, you know, better success in delivering leads to the to the sales team. And so similarly on the sales team, you know, if you're selling to a technical audience, it goes back to what I said earlier, where it's just not optional for us to be able to talk about data in this day and age. So if I'm a salesperson, I'm selling to any sort of technical company whatsoever, um, and I'm not data literate. Now I can't. I mean, I can't relate, right? So I can't use ROI to drive the sales process faster. So I'm I'm not really understanding their pain points in terms of data. So I can't use that data to drive that forward. Um, and and I can't speak the the lingo, if you will. And so that's an example as well. Um, quantifying this stuff, I mean, data literacy is a bit of an, it, we're still early in the sort of journey on data literacy. So there aren't as many studies out there in terms of exactly the dollars. And um, so I know we all want that, right? I want to be able to say that in the sales process that 20%, you know, better sales year over year <laughs> from being data literate. But I mean, it's, it's, it is intuitive though, when you think about um, what it's like and, you know, in a, as a salesperson or as a marketing person in dealing with data that yeah. you're, you're going to get better results by, by having that. And it, you know, it shows in some of the top line number research. I mean, there's a reason that data driven organizations increase their top line by three to 5%. And it's because of, you know, being data driven in all of these different functions goes down to customer service as well. You know, how do I analyze um, why my customers feel the way they do about yeah. this? What do I do about it? And what's working, what's not working? Well, that's all, you know, that's all using data. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I can't think of a better way to talk about an example than actually talking through an example with 
Kim Sorrell. So Kim, I'm gonna go ahead and bring you up on the virtual stage here. Hello, welcome to the Dedicated Show. Hi, thanks for having me today. Hey Kim. Absolutely. Hi. Thank you for your patience here while we while we set the stage. So very, very excited to have you um, on the show here with us. So Kim, for those who are not familiar with you, maybe you can provide a brief introduction of what is it that you do, what is Southern Company, and just, just let people know a bit about your journey. Absolutely. So I'm the director of the information management office at Southern Company. Southern Company is, um, you've probably seen, depending on where you live, Georgia Power, Mississippi Power, Southern Power, um, it is an overarching umbrella. I don't know if we should call it umbrella company, but it's the owner of a lot of energy companies, Southern Gas, um, within the U.S. Um, a lot of those are in the Southern U.S., the Southeastern U.S., um, and then also uh, we have gas facilities um, in like Illinois and, and, and Virginia and so forth. Now, Southern power facilities are all over the U.S. at this juncture, um, and they do wholesale power. So you'll start seeing other companies like Power Secure and, and such just as Southern Company starts um, really working to kind of um, have a lot of different types of business that's out there. Um, so the information management office is responsible for enterprise level strategy and platforms and so forth and data, data analytics, AI, big data, and so forth, content management. Um, so I've spent a lot of time in this role. Uh, I have a background as a developer and uh, I'm very passionate about data. And well, Matt can tell you, I'll, I'll talk about data with you all day long. And I have, <laughs> uh, so it's it's I I've really had the honor of being able to work through the data strategy at Southern Company, and uh, I, I know that Southern Company over the years it's been around for quite some time, and um, I know that it actually had a lot of different pockets of people that were doing things, and several years ago there was an enterprise strategy team that was stood up, and so we started really focusing on putting those strategies in paper and seeing where where our gaps were <clears throat> and figure out how to move the needle. Things like adding a data catalog and educating people on data stewardship and a data stewardship role. Um, having, having a lot of self-service analytics. We do a lot of uh, Power BI is probably our main tool of choice as far as visualization is concerned. And we do a lot of training in that and consulting. So a couple of years ago, I went to a Gartner conference and heard the term data literacy. It was probably a few years ago now. And there was a keynote speaker that said, do you speak data? And I, it, it really resonated with me. You kind of think of those things wow, that's, that's a really good nugget. So started doing a lot of recon on it and seeing companies that we consider very much leaders in technology like Google and Amazon and such uh, had these programs. And so wanted to do a little more research into how we could bring that into our business and how it could impact us. Great, thank you so much for, for sharing that. We have a lot of people just saying hello to you at this point. Hello, Kim, hi, hi Kim, hey, hey. You're, you're getting a lot of uh, a lot of love on, on LinkedIn here. And Raymond here even says that Southern Company provides their house electricity. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Raymond. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> and Valerie saying, hey, was Valerie oh, the that one was Val, actually. Here? She was at Gartner back back then, actually, right? Oh, yeah. it was! I love it. That is so awesome. That is that really is That's really good. Yeah. So you get to see that you're like, hey, I was that person that said I speak data, and it it resonated. <laughs> it resonated for sure. Wow, that's really cool. I was going to, I was going to ask for the name of the keynote speaker, but I I know from personal experience, sometimes I remember the words but not the name, so I didn't want to ask. I'm, but look now. Here. I'm with you. Yes. Yes. 
Perfect. I would have said I'll right. get back to you on that. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me the story about how you find a gap. So you started out by saying you've identified gaps in, mm -hmm. I guess, data literacy or the current state of affairs at Southern Company. What was the process for identifying those gaps? Oh, gosh, that's a very good question. So we, uh, as we were moving along, um, and the the state of tools, you know, a lot of people are focused on tools and tools change and data processes change and so forth. But the lingo remains the same. Uh, or, you know, I mean, every now and again, you might have something new, but I mean, just like understanding what type of chart to use, uh, understanding, uh, wow, maybe this is the type of data that I need to be grabbing instead of this type of data. And what, what wound up happening is as we were doing these various consulting engagements within our organization, we kept getting a lot of the same questions over and over again. And we would see people engage and um, not really know what they were spending money on. Mm -hmm. And so we spent a lot of time uh, really not, not really knowing that um, kind of, uh, I, honestly, I, it was when I heard about that, that I started going, oh my God, we have that problem and we need to solve it. So I knew we had the problem. I just didn't know really what to do about it at the time and was, was, was newer in the role. And I remember coming back and talking to people about it and, um, and, and such. And so, you know, there are different, different types of, you know, some people felt like, well, maybe it should be data science literacy, but we really wanted to make it um, available to everyone and to be able to work through it at your pace, to be able to um, um, glean things that, that you're going to be able to utilize. Mm -hmm. um, since we have put the program in place and, and we're relatively new, we did, we, we did, you know, we compared some, some folks. Um, we actually talked to within Southern, within the energy sector, we have a utility analytics Institute, we have um, Unite. And so you can actually put out surveys to your peers and say, Hey, what are you doing in this space? And um, so we had a good mix of responses. Some said, I'm not doing anything, but tell me what you wind up doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, some said, hey, we know that's on the horizon. Others say, hey, we're developing it ourselves. Hmm. Um, you know, one, one of the things, and then others were said that they were kind of vetting some, some different vendor options as well. Uh, I think one of the reasons that we really liked the vendor option that we, that we did decide to go forward with is because people can go in and take assessments and it really you you almost people will say hey kim what's the syllabus so you get to kind of develop your own and it's really focused on what your knowledge is um so if you need a little more help in one area than the other that is the area that it's going to focus you on so it's a little bit different than going and attending maybe a week-long class where yeah. You're, everybody's taught the same thing because everybody is going into this with a different set of skills. Um, if you're a data scientist, you maybe maybe you um, need a refresher on bar charts or you know I don't know. I mean it's I, I think uh, so everybody starts out as a data citizen and they're able to progress. Uh, based on how they do on various assessments and they do up skills and such, but they're able to progress to other personas. I think, I think it's personas, right, Matt? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so they uh, become storytellers, uh, data explorers, so forth. Um, one question and I've, I've been talking a lot about this too. We, we have talking technology. That's a way for us to kind of get out and talk about different technology initiatives and stuff throughout the organization. Um, I've been talking to different groups that say, hey, we wanna know a little bit more about it. So mm -hmm. I spoke with a group earlier this week and I thought it was really interesting because it was a group of people from network security. And the gentleman mm -hmm. that had asked me to, to come and speak 
um, had taken some of the material and he had somebody say, well, how is this going to, how is this going to help me in data and in, in network security? How is this actually going to help me? So mm-hmm. kind of that, the results are really going to be, a lot of them are dependent upon your, what, what you're doing day to day and how you are able to um, kind of uh, utilize it. But one thing that he said is, hey, you know, I've taken a couple of assessments, I've done some upskills and I actually was having to go through and do some estimates for um, uh, for a big project that's coming up and doing communication with people. And he said, it really made me think about the type of data that I'm getting, how I'm presenting it, am I presenting it the right way for people to understand? Um, and, mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm giving them the right thing. And I'm like, wow, I'm going to steal that. So I'll have to let them know I have now. Um, <laughs> But it's it so it's really it's really interesting because I think everybody has kind of their own value story, but mm-hmm. as far as a value story overall, what we're really looking is to we're providing feedback surveys and stuff to people that are taking it, getting uh, their getting their feedback, getting uh, you know hey I would like to see this improvement or it would be really nice if I had known this up front. Um, making sure that we are able to uh, continue to improve upon the program. But Mm -hmm. kind of what our message has been is it's really to help people um, help people get to that, you know, 85, 90% or whatever of data that's unused. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, Wells just jumping in here saying that that's a great story, very real and relatable. Completely agree, uh, Valerie. It's a, I love hearing everyone's real journeys, and and I will ask mm-hmm. you about some of the real challenges that you might have faced. But first, I wanted to to make a quick point where you mentioned that everyone starts out with different skill sets, right? When they're going mm-hmm. through it, say a week long training program. The other side of the coin is not everyone has to come out at that same level, right? Because people have different roles within an organization. So I think. The, the need for custom training becomes even more important when we're right. considering the, the level of data literacy that everyone has to achieve is likely going to vary based on their involvement with data and how, how much time they actually have to work with data. Um, and that brings me to, to a, another great question from Raymond and he's asking, does data literacy mean your entire group needs to be data literate or have? Uh, I have thoughts on this, but we'd love to hear from both of you. Does everybody have to be data literate? We like to you use the number 40, one, 40. We like to use the number forty-three percent. Um, only no. I'm <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, I, you know, I think I honestly we're we're a little um, early in data literacy, and we're all on this journey. So I would say over time, just like I mentioned earlier, in terms of like computer literacy and and these types of things, yes, I think everyone needs to be data literate. Is it tomorrow that a hundred percent of people need to be? Um, that would be great, but I, you know, we're going to have, it's going to be a journey to get there. And so, yeah. yeah, I do actually think though, I do think that's, that's the goal. I think Kim's story around people not even realizing how they could be using those skills if they had them. And, yeah. and I think that's, that's part of the mm-hmm. challenge right now for a company like ours. That's part of the challenge is having, um, you know, really there's an educational piece of this and having people understand that. But, um, but yeah, I do think the pursuit of a high percent of people being data literate is that's where we need to be over time. No question. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you guys um, a, a very new story because it just, it just came, uh, it just came to me. Um, I, I literally just had a gentleman within the past hour, send me a note and say, Hey, I work in power delivery in Georgia power. And, and he, he's a manager over there. And he said, I have an opportunity that has come up that is a, you know, it would be a good opportunity for someone that's interested in data. And can you tell me who in power delivery is in the data literacy program? And, and, you know, from, you know, the subset of people. And it's really interesting because those are the ones that he's going to reach out to and say, Hey, I understand you're interested in data and you're in the data literacy program, uh, would you like an opportunity to apply some of this? How cool is that? That's I mean, I, cool. 
Yeah, I had to read it twice. I'm like, wow. <laughs> no, it's because the, you, I think you'll be surprised by some of the 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 daily encounters that you have. Um, and if anything, I have had so many people just reach out and say, uh, wow, you know, I'd never heard of this and, and so forth. So thank you, Valerie. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it was, yeah, it's been, it's been really good. Yeah. It's been really good. So, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a new value story from this morning is that, so if, if I had to answer the question, yeah, I, I would recommend it to everybody. What, whenever people ask me that, what I say is that it's, it's, it's probably, probably more well-served people that have interest initially. And mm -hmm. then they are going to get, get out and start sharing and people are going to see the things that they're doing. And um, then you're going to have, might have a little bit more of a bandwagon effect where people mm -hmm. are going to be really interested in, and, um, and helping get out there and move that data needle. One thing that's been really encouraging Kim in, in working with you guys is that early on, you know, even early on, I believe the number last time we last time we talked was 50%, around 50% of the people that have actually signed on for the program have been outside of IT, which I just yes. I was ecstatic by that yeah. number. Actually, and it's that, more like 70. <laughs> okay, yeah, so it's even gotten, yeah. so that's, a, uh, that's just, I, to me, Kate, going back to the question, that's an indication that this is not an IT, this is mm -hmm. not an IT specific or um, data professional specific initiative. This is really for the enterprise, uh, which is, I think, where it needs to be. So it's encouraging to see that happening at Southern Company for sure. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I, I, I speak to clients all the time um, for, you know, different industries, and they're really focusing on upskilling or adding digital skills as part of their offering to all individuals across the mm -hmm. companies. And I think it's smart to focus on those who are not in IT, because those in IT probably already know data literacy to an extent, right? They know what they're dealing with. They're, if they're working with data all day, I think it's important to capture the that other percent of individuals who are not familiar with it. Um, mm -hmm. And speaking of numbers, uh, I wanted to ask, can you talk a little bit about the journey from how you guys started working together? You know, how many people initially signed on to the, the Quant Hub or took the assessment and then where those numbers are now? Yeah, sure. Um, so we started out, we did, I think we had 30 pilot participants. So we did a pilot. Um, and our goal for that pilot was to select people from um, uh, just, you know, one or two people from a lot of different areas. So we had, I think, 10 people from the business. We had 20 from uh, the technology organization. And we did, so we did a pilot. Uh, the pilot ran several weeks and we were constantly giving feedback from that pilot we did um, a couple of different surveys. We also did, and uh, uh, you know, we've been all been in a virtual world, so I'm saying in-person uh, whiteboarding uh, session using Miro, and um, and that session was, hey, what would you improve? What do you like? So we really took all of that, wrapped it into uh, kind of, um, you know, here's our takeaways. So we worked with Quant Hub on those. Uh, selected them as our vendor. And then we went into uh, what we called an early adopter phase, because this is when we actually started tying things in like our, uh, like our uh, single sign on and, 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 you know, just some various touch points to make sure that we, we are, we have it connected and people can sign up for it very easily and so forth. So we are early adopter. I think we invited 70 people or so, 50 to 70 or something to our early adopter phase. Um, and we had about half of those sign up, maybe a little bit more than half. Some that were in the pilot, some that were not. And then we did a full scale release in um, early to mid-March. Mm -hmm. And within that time frame, I looked a little bit earlier, we have 518 people that have signed up. Um, I mean, we, we obviously have many, many thousands to go, but um, we have a lot of people that have been, that are, have been really interested and, um, and some that have taken it, have reached back out and said, hey, I really love this. 
Um, so we're going to give them probably a little bit, a little bit more time, and then start doing, do another survey and so forth, and just make sure that we're that we have kind of a forum for them to be able to provide feedback. That's that's really great. Thank you so much for sharing. That's that's really fast, uh, a really quick ramp up as well. And I'm just curious. Yeah. Are the individuals coming to you and saying, hey, get me into this program, or is it being rolled out to different departments over time? So we sent out, um, <clears throat> you know, when you have a company this size, sometimes it is difficult to, to get, get the word out. Um, yeah. So we put, um, we have uh, various technology announcement areas that we put things, one called TechSource, so it's on there. Uh, we've done several talks, like talk what they call talking technologies. Um, we have announcements on our the various intranet pages. There's mm -hmm. an intranet page depending on what company you work for. So I officially work for Southern Company, but you know each one has different ones. And also some um, uh, the corporate communications has sent out emails. Um, we have a Yammer site, so people can go out there and ask questions um, and get answers. We have an FAQ, which we've been updating, so people can go out and read the FAQ to understand. You know, um, you know, a lot of a lot of questions we get are internal, like how is this being charged, funded? You know, so a lot of people have questions about that. One of the questions that we have fielded quite a bit is, since we have these various personas, and then as you get as you get to, you know, more and more advanced, there's data science and stuff. So they say, does that equate to a job title? Um, I know that was one of the things um, that I probably would think of as, eh, it's not an obstacle, it's just a question you have to answer, but it doesn't necessarily equate to a job title, but it might give right. you, uh, you know, it might give you some credentials to do so, right? Yes, it can give you that push that you need to move in that direction. That I, I definitely right. see that. Um, we have a, a question here from Deepak. Is asking how to go about data literacy for executives and leadership teams because it's easier to do so at junior levels as you tell them the basics of data visualization, teach them some Power BI, drive self-service. How do you teach the senior leaders about data? So I'd love to hear from both of you because you, you both have different perspectives um, on that question. Matt, do you want to go first on that one? Yeah, yeah. So there are, there are a couple. Um, Kim mentioned um, Kim mentioned our personas, and so. Those the, what we mean by that is, you know, we have basically a grouping of skills into almost levels, if you will, and we don't we don't call those roles because everyone's a data citizen. Um, mm -hmm. Everyone can be involved in doing data storytelling. Everyone can be involved in doing some data exploration. And <clears throat> excuse me, and it, so it goes back to the um, the executives then. You know what? Are, what's one of the things that they're doing probably all the time is storytelling, and mm -hmm. and so there there are aspects that actually of 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 data skills, not just data literacy. I mean, data literacy can be a broad topic, but just think of data. Period. You know, whether it's kind of data literacy all the way through to data storytelling or your data strategy. So there are different things for us that we cover in there that are appropriate for lots of different roles. So storytelling is an example, obviously, that's appropriate for um, all levels within the organization. Um, data strategy is, is an example of um, understanding even how to structure organizations. What types of roles do you typically see on a, on a data team? Um, you know, what are different aspects of, of even methodologies that are used in data projects? So if you start getting down down that path. So, you know, that's that's what I would say just in terms of kind of how we think about um, those skills. And Kim, I'm curious what you think just in terms of maybe the buy-in side of, of, um, mm -hmm. of maybe getting, you know, like leadership to buy into a, a you know, relatively right. sizable program around data literacy across mm -hmm. the enterprise, like you guys are rolling out at Quant or at uh, Southern Company. Right. Um, well, you have to be a good salesperson. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, I joke a little bit, but um, no, in actuality, I would say that anybody at any, at any level could take this program, but I get that your CIO may not have, um, the bandwidth to do it because they have so many other things going on. But um, one thing that I would say is that it was part of our strategy. So we put it, we, we had it as part of our strategy. 
So there are several things that you do as you're getting strategies approved. And one is present to the executive leadership. And so I, uh, and this was, you know, back whenever we were in the office. So I got to answer questions around the table, see a lot of head nods. Um, and so you say, hey, here's what my ask is. And one of the asks that we had was the data literacy program. So you really have to kind of talk about uh, what the value is and how you think it's going to add value to your organization. A lot of people like to go back to ROI. Um, does it have direct ROI? Uh, perhaps not. But if you start thinking about um, if it's allowing your people to innovate, uh, to optimize, to uh, provide better customer um, leadership uh, or service, um, you can even think about it from security. Oh, gosh, well, maybe I do need to think about my data needing to be more secure. Yeah. Uh, regulatory, because we have a lot of regulatory things that we deal with. Um, and so a, a lot of that is, um, you know, I, I have conversations with my boss. My boss has conversations with his boss. You know, a lot of that is over time as you have opportunities to educate, to really talk about how this can help um, kind of move the organization forward and talk about some of the value stories that you have. And, um, and so it's, it's been well received. Was it easy to get funding up front? Uh, I, no, <laughs> but you just, you, you, you just have to, um, you know, do the discussions, uh, provide, uh, provide how you feel like it's really going to help. And so, yeah, I mean, we started small and mm -hmm. then as people started, you know, pilot and early adopter and so forth. So we, we started small and I think that is, was the key to, you get a lot of people on the bandwagon um, at that at that point. Um, it would be really nice to have um, to have a, a, the executive saying, "Hey, I need you to take this program." I think we'll get there, honestly. What we've seen, just to add to that, we we've seen multiple different types of organizations um, approach it differently. One of our customers has a core value. Um, around being data driven, and so that's come that is coming from the top, and and so there's a champion in the C-suite, if you will, that that's pushing that. And we have other organizations that are starting small and just kind of one pocket of a really really big organization, like the Navy is a customer, for example, and we're in with kind of one pocket of it. But you know, in that case, <clears throat> we'll kind of show over time the success of this. And, and I think it will continue to permeate and then influence strategy once, you know, once people start seeing the success. So I, I think it depends a little bit on the organization as to, as to where it, um, where it starts. Yeah, absolutely. Where it starts and where it wants to end up, right? I think or different That's organizations right, yeah. also have different, different uh, goals. Um, Kim, before I let you go and continue the conversation with Matt, I just had a final question for you. Because you're so you're you're in that process right now, and I think a lot of the mm -hmm. members of the audience, you know, if they're interested in implementing their own results-driven data literacy program, what advice would you have for them? What do you think you could have done differently? And I know you're in early stages, but you can mm -hmm. always go back in your mind and you know think, oh, maybe if I done this differently from the get-go, mm -hmm. it would have been easier. I would love to hear some of your advice and thoughts on that. Oh gosh, that's an excellent question. Um, you know, every I, I think one thing is to really understand your culture. And, uh, and so um, I think that coming into this, I was like, oh, this is a great idea. We're going to go with it. And, and really you've, you've worked with people and get buy-in. Um, and we did, you know, please don't think I didn't, but, but <laughs> you, you do have to be willing to have the conversations and provide the examples and, um, and, you know, have some, uh, some strong information to back you up because um, it is it is to a lot of people something they haven't heard of yet and a little more a little more novel for us people that aren't that aren't uh, dedicated. <laughs> Love it! Thank you. Wow, yeah. that was that was well done right there. <laughs> 
Yeah. So I think that would be it. Yeah. And definitely just involve, involve as many people cross-functional as you can in the pilot, because that that's how you're going to get the best feedback and take that feedback um, and incorporate it. Great. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Kim, for your time. Um, if thank people you. want to reach out to you, is LinkedIn a good platform to, to reach out if Perfect. they want to continue the conversation? Great. Awesome. Thank it you is. so much for your time. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Have a great day. Thanks, Kim. Good talking Thanks, to you. So. All right, Matt. Now we're shifting focus a tiny <laughs> bit. We're still going to talk about the results-driven data literacy. Yeah. But I want to shift gears and talk about the current state of how people learn things in the professional environment, right? Mm -hmm. What do you, how would you describe the current state of affairs versus how things should be done? Or what do you think is more effective at teaching the professional something like data literacy or, or additional relevant skills? Yeah, it's it's something we're pretty passionate about here. And, and I like to go back to just thinking about school, how we've all learned in school, well, quote unquote learned. So there's this, there's this pattern that we all follow. We study, 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 test, forget, <laughs> study, 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 test, forget. And, uh, you know, there's, there's plenty of, of science behind that that's been around since the 1940s. So this, this science has been around in terms of things like the forgetting curve and where, um, there are stats that show that 90% of, of all of, of knowledge you learn in that type of method is, is lost in the first month. And so we're spending a lot of time, money um, in the corporate world with that type of learning where you take long form courses, everyone takes the same course. Um, and, and so you're starting to see now people kind of bolt on assessment platforms where they will assess people to tell them which course to go to, but it's still a long form course. And Kate, if you and I both assess the same, we would still take the exact same course, even though half of it for you is is, is not useful. And then half of it for me is over my head. Right. And so it's, that's, that's what I still see as the predominant. And, and there's plenty of studies out there that show that that's the predominant methodology still in to this day, even though the sort of micro learning type of um, understanding in that science has been around since um, since the 1940s. In fact, actually, machine learning is based on that type of approach, not this not this actual <laughs> it's based on how we should be learning, not how we're typically uh, taught in in the sort of traditional um, learning settings. So we should be learning like machines. Is that what you're saying, Matt? Yeah, that's actually it. We've um, our CTO Nathan and I have have, have uh, presented on that topic before. Of like learn learn like machines learn, <laughs> even though machines actually learn based on how we're, we're we really actually learn. But that's that's maybe another topic. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Well, I didn't know that. So definitely learn something new. Um, yeah. All right. So QuantHub, right? QuantHub provides people with this ability to engage in assessments and micro learning. So can you show us a little bit of, you know, maybe a quick demo of how this actually works? Because I think it's so powerful to see things versus talk about them. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely can. Um, and so with, with QuantHub, you know, it all really starts, everything we do is, is short. Um, so there's so much friction in the learning process and one of the reasons for that is people just don't have time. Our attention spans have have maybe never been less than they are right now. Wait, um, what so are you studying. talking about? You lost me. Yeah, you know, yeah, okay. yeah. Well, hold on, hold on. There, a bird just flew by. Let me actually let me see what's going on outside my window here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, our attention spans are not quite what they what they used to be, and and studies have shown that on average, in in sort of an even in an online kind of e learning environment, the average attention span is about 10 to 15 minutes. And, and so most courses aren't 10 to 15 minutes. And so everything we do is short and it's all in a process that starts with what's, where are my skills now? Mm -hmm. Let me go learn something. And, and then me, then I will actually just kind of continuously reassess, learn. So it's assess, learn, assess, learn all in a very short cycle. Um, so let me actually show you just real quick. Um, so mm -hmm. QuantHub starts with assessments. Um, everything's short, so it's 10 minutes or less. So this is, um, I just signed into a new account and this is 
this is what you see in a, in a new account. Um, so, you know, obviously multiple choice question here, um, we're always presenting context. And so showing mm -hmm. people why, you know, what type of question it is, what it's covering, why that topic is important. Um, this is all about learning. So this is not about assessing my skills so that I, you know, can get a promotion or, or get a raise or that type of thing. You know, maybe long-term there's, there's an element of that, but you know, this is meant to be lightweight, low stress, and um, and quick. And so we're tracking points there. If you get questions right, and and um, you know, kind of give people a sense of of um, of how they're doing and and kind of the progress they're making. And so we give feedback on on questions right or wrong um, immediately. This is another one on visual literacy. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to go through a couple of these. So it asks if you know how to read charts, right? So this is- Yeah, this is so these are a couple examples of obviously visual literacy. Mm -hmm. It shows you um, when you get it incorrect, it shows you that feedback. Of course, you can't see it because- let me move Oh, because you're sharing, okay. Yeah, sorry. I didn't realize well, that was blocking. People can go there. and take this test themselves, right? If they wanted to find out how, how big illiterate they are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's the thing is it's not a hundred question test to say, right. you know, where am I data literacy? People don't take hundred question tests. <laughs> so again, nope. there's too much friction. So everything we're doing is trying to get this to fit in, you know, this, if you're, if you're in the learning field, you've heard everybody talk about in the flow of work and that's, mm -hmm. you know, very much an invoke term, but it's, it's self-explanatory what it means. It needs to fit into something I can do you know, in my, in my job. And so it needs to be something that um, people can do, you know, on a daily basis. I'm just guessing some answers here, just so you see feedback. Uh, we have questions. Wrong, I don't know. You're getting a I lot know. wrong. <laughs> Poor data literacy. Don't, yeah, don't, don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> and so here's a slider question where again, we're letting you express your level of confidence and that affects how many points you can earn. And, um, and so on. I so really like because it, it looks like a game. It looks like fun. It, it's not yeah. like okay, multiple choice only. It kind of lets you play with things and slide. Right. Yeah. Back. It's meant to be fun, right? I mean, this is learning shouldn't be such such a stress, and it should, you know, it shouldn't be something that I have to really figure out how to carve out time for. I learn every day anyway. Why? And so, what we're trying to do in QuantHub is we're really trying to mimic how you learn every day. So, if, yeah. if I think about it, maybe an example of. Um, you know, I'm doing, I'm putting, you know, we're a company, it was a relatively early stage company. So I do our forecast model and I'm putting that forecast model. So I'm in spreadsheets and I'm in working with data and trying to figure out what we're, what, you know, what our business is going to look like. And so there's something I come upon. I don't know how to do it. So I've done mm -hmm. a little mini assessment in my brain. I've identified there's a gap. And now what do I do? I go and search, I find the answer and then I apply it. That is yep. learning on the job. And that's exactly what we're, what we're doing here is we're mimicking that. Um, inside of QuantHub. So as soon as you finish that assessment, um, you mm -hmm. get a, a, a report that shows you what skills were covered. Um, you know, we're tracking how long it takes you to answer questions. We're tracking how many points you get and then your your accuracy on those. Of course, you can get down and look at the different different topics that were covered. And so once you've, once you've actually gone through that, um, then <clears throat> uh, we are all about action. And so mm -hmm. you can see where you are. Um, Kim mentioned the the different levels um, that we have here. So everyone starts at a data citizen and it's out of 300 point scale and you eventually unlock, uh, you eventually basically get your badge for data citizen and you start unlocking additional levels and additional, uh, additional types of content. And so the way this works is I just took a knowledge check and now yeah. it's as simple as saying, here's some what we call scavenger hunts that are, um, these are actual um, learning uh, these are basically learning exercises where um, it's a scavenger hunt because it's it's following a learning methodology that's the um, that's based on presenting you with questions before you actually consume some sort of learning resource. And so it sort of mm -hmm. triggers in your mind what you're looking for. And so it's a digital scavenger hunt. So I see the questions are grayed out, so I don't necessarily answer them yet. Um, and so we're looking at uh, different data quality measures. And now I actually look at this article. Um, this article is freely available online. 
So what we do at QuantHub is we curate um, learning content. Um, there's so much great content online, but people don't know where to go. They don't know what they need. They don't know how to track their progress. They don't know how to fit it in their day and find the right resources. And so we're doing all that, all that for you. And so this is a great resource on your guide to data quality management. So now I'm reading this with the purpose of answering those questions. And then I come back and I just do that three question quiz. And now I'm answering, now I'm answering those questions. So I can write it wrong here. It's going to tell me to review the resource and so on. So when I'm done with that, I come back. I actually come back here and um, mm -hmm. one. So I come back here and now if I had completed that, my recommendations change. And so that's, it's basically 10 minutes a day. And then as I complete five of these, I unlock my next knowledge check, which helps measure skills. So you can see we're not a big bolt on assessment. Take this yeah. big test ahead of time. Take this big test after. Everything we do is about measuring skill. Did you learn that material? Where are your skills on this? And then we have a recommendation engine that's taking all of that into account to figure out sort of what's what's next for you. The last yeah. thing I was going to show real quick, Kate, was um, okay. again, we've got we talk about there being a lot of friction in the learning process. And so this is Microsoft Teams. Mm -hmm. And so there's even too much friction in having learners go out and log into some other system to learn. It needs to fit into what they're doing every day. And so everything I just showed you comes to you also through Teams or Slack. And so now it's gonna say, here's your learning resource for the day. So it's gonna give you a prompt, it's 10 minutes. So maybe you're in between meetings or you're <laughs> drinking coffee and you need a mental break from what you're working on, go spend 10 yeah. minutes learning something that's right there in Teams or Slack. And then again, we're gonna ask you a couple questions to see if you learned it. This is, this is awesome. And after, let's say my skills improve, I can actually visually see those four, the, the bar chart that you had, those four level data sets, and you can actually visually see the results, right? As I get better. That's absolutely improve. correct. Yes, yes. That would excite That's... a lot of people because yeah. people want to see their progress versus, okay, I learned something, great. If you see your progress, I think it goes a long way. Um, and we, we do have some questions that just came in. Scott's asking, where can I do this test? He's, he's on the QuantHub site now. Um, people are asking to share links. People want the quiz. I, I think people like to do assessments and kind of yep. get a sense of, hey, where do I fall out um, amongst others? So is... Yeah, anyone anyone listening today, go ahead and you can you can create a free kind of individual account. Um, go to upskill.quanthub.com mm -hmm. and and test and learn away. Um, so yeah, individuals, you can uh, you can go ahead and and jump in there to get like the the Teams integration and single sign on and and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, that's going to be in more of a corporate environment. But everything I just showed you here mm -hmm. is. Um, you know, you can just log in there and and um, as long as you agree to answer my email and give me some feedback, um, <laughs> jump on in there. <laughs> awesome. And D uh, Deepak likes the integration with Teams. I think that's so powerful when you can actually get 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 the learning uh, environment and meet people where they are, right? If they're on yeah, Slack, if they're so on Teams, you can integrate with that. That's really cool. Absolutely. Um, Oh, Heather sent the link. Raymond's asking if you can demo this to their uh, company teams right now. So <laughs> there's uh, uh, right now. Yes, right um, now, I'm free in two. I'm free in two minutes, Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Uh, we do have more questions and, and comments coming in that we're not going to get to because of time. Um, but maybe if we can quickly address a question here from from Push, he's uh, saying as part of a data science team, one of his biggest issues is um, the problem of data authenticity, right? So it's research papers or institutional issues. I'm, I'm guessing the question is all those resources that you're linking to, uh, do you verify that these are valid, that they're you know accurate and, and timely and, and all that good stuff? We do. So we have a curation, a content curation team. <clears throat> and, and of course we have a process um, around that to, to ensure that, you know, the resources so basically everything in our system is tagged at a very granular level by exactly the skill that's covered. And so mm -hmm. we're verifying that, we're verif verifying whether it's a quality source, um, 
you know, we're we're verifying that it's um, that it's referencing materials if they're actually making statements that are data. You know, so there there's a whole host of, as you can imagine, <laughs> um, you know, kind of QA type of criteria that we're doing. And then you know, over time, so actually, it's like any sort of machine learning problem, right? You start doing it manually, oftentimes, and then you automate. And so we're kind of in the process of doing that, actually. So we have eyes on those right now. Um, all of the resources that we recommend, and we have like 2,000 um, learning resources that we have in the system that we're uh, recommending across all of the topics um, across data, and we're adding hundreds hundreds per week to that. Wow, that's that's a lot of resources, and I, I agree. There's so much already available that there's no need to actually create more resources. It's just a matter of curating and giving people uh, access to the right stuff that you know that can help them develop the skills that they're lacking. So. I yeah. think it's a fabulous solution. I'm really glad I learned about Quant Hub. And today's session was really, really great for me personally. You know, hearing Kim's story and, and your inputs was really powerful. So, Matt, I know we're slightly over time, but at this point, I want to thank you so much for, for going live on the dedicated show with me today. Um, and if people have more questions and want to continue the conversation, do you also prefer LinkedIn or do you have a, another means of, of reaching? Yeah, LinkedIn would be great. Or you can email me at matt at uh, quanhub.com. And Heather here has provided your email. So there you go. Yeah, Matt. or mcowell. It's easier to just use Matt. <laughs> okay, great. All right, Matt, thank you so much again. Have a great rest of your day, your week. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Kate. It was I'll great talking to you. Along. I really appreciate it. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye. Bye.